what is up, everybody? Thank you uh, for tuning into the Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. We're really excited about this new podcast. It's really designed to, to just be very casual, just a couple of leaders at Fathom talking faith, talking life, talking about how we can grow in our faith, where it's really going on between Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday. So uh, tune in, listen to the conversation, open your heart, and pray that that's really helpful. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fathom Beyond Sunday, where we have conversations that take us deeper throughout the week, that we go deeper beyond Sunday. So today's podcast, we have Kyle Nelson, lead pastor of Fathom Church, and Jackie Koppel, myself, um, the community director here at Fathom. Yeah, Fathom really means deeper in a lot of ways. It means depths. It it means to understand. And uh, I think that's what I hope to accomplish in these conversations is that we can go a little deeper um, with maybe some things we talked about on Sunday, maybe some things that are going on in our world, maybe just questions that we feel like really resonate with people and that really can help them apply things, you know, yes. just moving it, yeah, beyond just listening to a message and really uh, bringing it some application in our life. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things to come from this is we hope that you will learn that we are all questioning and that we are all finding ways to understand the Bible in new and deep ways. So the questions that you have today, we've had them before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what better way to um, really grow, I think, than these conversations where we can ask those questions, we can get different perspectives that can spark another conversation that allow us to understand our faith better. Right. That's that's what this is. Uh, Awesome. I think if you know us, you know that thinking and pondering and questions are are kind of the the lifeblood of how knowledge is formed, at least for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and really, it's so easy to do this with you because we've been doing this for like a long time, yes. right? <laughs> yep. um, being on staff, like we, we sit in one-on-one meetings and we're mm-hmm. strategizing for things in the church and talking theology and ministry mm-hmm. and um, kicking discipleship thoughts down the road and yep. um, spiritual formation stuff. And um, yeah, so it's an, an easy place for us to just pick up and put some microphones <laughs> in front of us. <laughs> yes, we're just simply we're just simply recording what has been happening yeah. for the last yeah yeah what, hopefully oh it's gosh, helpful five years yeah <laughs> yeah for sure so yeah cool so excited to dive into another topic today yes so this week we talked about um, different uh, put it in your wording because my wording is not yeah this week we were talking about um, the paralytic in in mm-hmm. these four paralytic <laughs> these four paralytics these four <laughs> friends that's a different story not recorded in the bible but these four <laughs> friends or, or just men i've called them friends um because it's let's be real when you need to move it's it's your friends that show up and so uh, these four friends that that get this paralytic to jesus and do literally whatever it takes ripping back a roof to get to jesus so it was really time to, to talk about friendship and when we're not okay we've been in the series i'm not okay we're not okay we, we need friends that can help us get to jesus and know how to work through the messiness of life and um yeah so that was kind of that was kind of where we started the conversation at least yeah so this week um the thing that I kind of wanted to dive into and the thing that I think is probably one of the most important aspects of our relationship with God outside of the actual intimacy with him is biblical friendship. Mm. What does it look like? How do we have it in our lives and how do we deal with conflict within it? So how, how do we as believers 
um, gain biblical fin- friendship? How, what does it look like? I, I, I first start, I, I start with an individual just saying, do you really, really, really know how much you need people in your life? Because <laughs> if you don't, then you will not invest in the relationships and you will not be open like and honest to to have genuine like biblical relationships and Christian relationships. And the reality is that we need those. I need those. You need those for a long litany of reasons why we need those yes. friendships. And we can talk about some of those, but that's where it's got to start is knowing that we're not an independent you know, yes. yes, Jesus came to save you, but mm-hmm. he came to save all of us yeah. and he loves all of us and, um, he is making you new, but he is going to do that discipleship sanctification process in the midst of community. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see God's plan in that, yeah, then you're not going to like throw your weight into it. I think with anything, if you don't understand God's plan and God's purpose in it, whether it's your marriage or finance, like whatever it is in your life, if you don't understand that God's purpose in it, then you're not going to throw your full weight into it. So I think that's where it's got to start. Yeah. Recognition of a need recognition, recognizing that we have a need for people in our lives. Yeah. And I think there's so much that we get wrong about this. Um, and the one that, that I see the most right now is, um, one people just thinking that it's going to be easy. Like just yes. assuming it's as easy as clicking clicking send friend request and then confirm, right? Or mm-hmm. showing up to a small group one time and like expecting So I guess I guess the best thing for us to do would be to define friendship. Uh-huh. Define how does the Bible define friendship? How because how does the world define friendship and how do we how do we reconcile that in our mind? Because they're not the same. I, I think even in like a natural sense, like fr- the, the word friendship has changed in our culture, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. with the invention of social media and that you got all these friends that are, they're not even really acquaintances. They're just like digital connection points, like, you know, six degrees of separation type of thing. I, I wouldn't say that, you know, the vast majority of people even have like a, a concept of that in a lot of ways, um, in anymore, just because of how we were so uh, imprinted by our, you know, social media world these days. And, but I think when it boils down to it, there's this deep longing for it, longing for something real, longing for something committed and genuine and kind of going back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about family. You know, I think a lot of these things end up resting on top of that um and so i'd say from a a world perspective um that framework has has shifted but but um i, I the desire still there absolutely yeah. it's it's the it's the idea that facebook fa- being a facebook friend to someone you know what's going on in their life but you're not getting the reciprocal partnership in that where god in his mindset has he he made friendship to be reciprocated Mm -hmm. it's meant to be one to another Mm -hmm. and and we can even look at the degradation of culture and conversation and thought processes because of facebook because everything is very Mm one-sided you know i can tell i can think of 
many, many friends who have said, oh, look at this person's life. They've got it all together. But when you look behind the curtain, when you get a peek behind what's actually happening, the only thing you're seeing is the good things because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that they're putting out there. Right. When in reality, their life is chaos and their family's a mess and things are horrible. But what they show on Facebook is all you're getting because you're not actually having a reciprocal relationship. Yeah, yeah. you're getting images and glimpses that are right. curated. <laughs> but so many people will say, well, that person's my friend. I've had to stop saying that because I'm like, this person isn't actually my friend because if they were my friend, they'd have some sort of voice in my life. Yeah, But, and the, but Facebook calls them my friend. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but our, our need for friendship is not fulfilled mm. in a social media platform or even a simple Sunday morning. <clears throat> like yeah. you can't just come to church and talk to people on Sunday morning and expect a friendship to form out of that. Yeah it has to go beyond Sunday at some point. For sure. And I mean, you were talking about just the definition of it. I I think it, it starts with like being known. Like where do I start trying to that? put yourself in a position to be known, first of all. Yes. Like put yourself in a room. Um, put yourself out there to have a lunch with somebody in which you let them in to who you really are and where you're really at, where you really come from, not the curated, you know, right. version that uh, that is on Instagram or on social media, but it's it's the real thing. I think that's where it starts if you're like, "Hey, I want to make a a real friend, a, a real biblical friend." You know, f- like finding someone that you're going to put yourself out there and you may have to put yourself out there a few times to Absolutely. See what relationships are going to kind of click. Yeah. So Merriam-Webster defines friendship as one attached to another by affection or esteem. Mm. And so that it talk it's it's attachment, it's connection, it's it's this need for something deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it's it's a it's a reflection of our relationship with God. Yeah. You know, all of our relationships should be a reflection of that right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're talking about the just the mutual side of it it's not just the being known side but it's knowing it's like taking mm-hmm. the time i i'm, I'm not just going to be intentional with this person to let them know what's really going on in my life and who i really am um but also to know them i, I want to ask them questions and, and i think just as easily as you go into that first lunch you're going to have with somebody yeah. that one dinner party you're going to have with somebody or, or a couple of couples getting together and we're just trying to build some friendship right you just go into it saying hey i'm gonna let my guard down a little i'm gonna let i want to let them know who i really am and then i think also i mean and you don't have to go to the 100 percent deep end on that right. first thing, because I think everybody's got trust <laughs> issues, and they kind of absolutely we got to work our way in and and find is this a person I can trust with the deep end stuff? Yeah, right. And I think that's important. But also going into that, saying I'm not just gonna, you know, let them into who I am, but I want to know who they are, and asking genuine questions, not not because you're interviewing them in order to to s- check some boxes and say are, are you are you someone I really want to hang out with, <laughs> but because you really want to know. And, and, and I've found that the more I just open myself up to that, I can find myself with in friendship with all kinds of different people yes. that they don't have to fit all these like check boxes that, you know what I mean? That, that what you might think would be compatible with me. But when I open myself up and I'm interested in you, like we both, like I, I can find friends 
of all kinds of mm-hmm. of backgrounds and that's a really beautiful thing and, and they add to just the vibrant uh, diversity of perspective in my life um and and that's a really beautiful thing in, in helping me grow in my faith absolutely yeah absolutely i yeah. agree that's i think that's something that we we have to definitely choose friendship is a choice relationship mm-hmm. is choice and you know it, it i think about so much of our culture and what and the atmosphere that we have right now that you know we cannot have differing viewpoints and still be friends that's a real thing totally can't i can't disagree with you and i still have a relationship yeah that's kind of societal's (laughs) yeah yeah approach right now and that and that's that's absolutely false that's not true yeah it's really sad but that's where we're at some of the people i love the most I have some very differing viewpoints on, you know, and that, that's something that if I were to let it, it could drastically shape my opinion on a lot of matters because I then by not allowing different voices into my life, by not allowing different thoughts or ideas to, to counter or to question my own viewpoint Mm -hmm. i i put myself in an echo chamber and then i never am able to think beyond what i already know yeah we're sharp we're actually sharpened through all that it's a sharpening we actually have to ask deeper questions and work through things um yeah for sure well and i mean if you know me at all then my (laughs) i love to think about things so yeah yeah (laughs) and i like to struggle like i i don't Okay, I don't like the struggle of having my viewpoints questioned, <laughs> yeah. but I always appreciate the the fruit that comes from it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't always walk away with a changed mind, but I go into every conversation willing to have my mind changed. Yeah, You man. know, I'm just come with an openness, and I think that's what we as a good friend is someone who is who comes to any conversation with a willingness and an openness to listen and hear what the other person has to say not because you have this you have a whole diatribe that you want to talk about after they're done but because you genuinely care for them yeah and if you genuinely care for a person it doesn't matter that i mean i think about i think about my kids i don't care about hatchimals it those silly little toys that I, all have names i feel like i've heard of that but i have n- <laughs> I, I have no concept of what you're actually they're, talking about they're like tiny tiny little toys and they're all figures and they Hatchimals. all have yes and they come in eggs and then you break the eggs open yeah anyways yeah well they all have names they all have information that goes along with them and my kids know a good m- amount of them and i find it very annoying that they memorize that and not their schoolwork but because i love my children and because i care about them I am interested, not because it brings me any joy, but because it brings them joy. It is important to them, so it is important to me. Yeah, yeah. We teach this in like marriage conference stuff too. Like just when it comes to intimacy, it's 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 not just hey, what are the things that we're interested in that line up, but when I expand my circle of the things I'm interested in to be interested in what you're in, then we can have intimacy there too. I and we. I I appreciate that you appreciate it and because exactly. I because I care about you, you know. So I mean, and that's and that's the beauty is if we want to diversify our friendships, if we want to truly be a friend like Jesus was a friend, mm-hmm. if we want to truly be a biblical example of friendship, 
then we can be friends with anyone. That doesn't mean that we're going to be intimate friends with everyone. (laughs) You know, you're not somebody who has completely different viewpoints as myself. We're probably not going to be intimate friends. You know, there, there will be certain issues that will cause strife and we'll have to just agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. And, and that person might not be someone who's, who's in my inner circle, Mm. but they're absolutely someone that I can hang out with in social settings and and have good conversation with. And again, challenge my viewpoints Mm -hmm. and we can have good discussion and it doesn't have to be walking on eggshells or being worried about, you know, offending if we both know that we both care. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You're just talking about like the type of friend that Jesus was. I, I, I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but when I think of like biblical friendships, I always think of David and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. That always seems to be like a, an example there. And, and I've done a lot of studying on that. And, mm-hmm. and even there's some commentators who have differing thoughts on, on Jonathan really as this uh, idealistic good friend. There, there's some commentators. I actually do think that he had good intentions for David right. personally, I, uh, there, there's some commentators that think otherwise I'm talking about in the, uh, the book of first and second Samuel. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, King David bef- before he was a King, he was shepherd <laughs> before, um, uh, that or, or after that, you know, he defeated Goliath and then he kind of found his way into the palace of Saul serving in his courts and, and Saul was crazy and, um, and Saul's son was Jonathan and Jonathan kind of became a, a confidant and a friend to David in really the toughest time of his life. And, and I, I think the times in which friendships happen in our life are really interesting too. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to go down a huge lane on this, but, um, that God will provide that. And I think that's one thing I was highlighting on Sunday. There's strategic people that God has placed yes. in our life. And I would just encourage anybody, don't miss those moments. Don't miss those relationships when you're hurting in a season, like reach out reach yeah. out. Uh, don't, don't just suffer silently when there actually are strategic people in your life when, you know, maybe it's a, a season like David's in which someone's kind of like after you and yeah. <laughs> not for you. And you really are in a, a season of suffering there and confusion. And, um, so I, I just think about that relationship all the time. Are there other, you know, friendships you think of in the Bible or is that one kind of the first one at the top probably too? Well, I think, I think John is one is an obvious one. John and Jesus, their relationship, mm. because yeah. well, and the al- disciple whom Jesus loved. Yeah, well, and also like Mary, uh, Martha and Mary, and yeah. their relationship with Jesus. Yeah, Lazarus. You know, Lazarus. They all tight. they had they had an intimacy. That was his squad. That was yeah. his starting five. I mean, starting four. You know, yeah. is John. You know, Martha, Mary, Martha, and, yeah. and, and Lazarus. Yeah, and I mean, just to look at the just to look at those relationships, like Jesus. He was, he had a voice, like a voice greater than just a teacher. He had like a, he had a friend's voice in their life. He, he could say, you know, no, you're, you're kind of being an idiot right now. Like, yeah. you know, like, and I think that's the beauty of like true friendship is when you're actually intimate and intimate with people, they can, they can call you on your crap. You know, what? something's completely stupid that I just thought of that you'll appreciate <laughs> um, is like Jesus's like friendship and like who is who off of the show friends <laughs> <laughs> right yes <laughs> J- you know I, I was just trying to think about this well jesus is obviously not joey <laughs> no i feel like that would be very insulting <laughs> yeah that would be very insulting um but but martha is probably monica 
Oh, absolutely. Isn't that good? You know what I mean? Yes. And Mary is definitely... Um, Phoebe? What she no, no yeah. I would say she's probably more Rachel. I feel like she's so? she's not as Rachel's flighty. kind of into herself, but Mary was like at Jesus' feet. Oh, that's feet true. I like, would say Phoebe. You're yeah, right. Yeah, she's like she'll she'll lock into the yeah. moment, you know. Exactly. And I think like just, <laughs> just without any hesitation, just like I am yeah. here, we're doing this, and I, it yeah. doesn't matter. I think John would probably be um, more like Ross, yeah. you know. Um, more affectionate type of yes. the bunch. So <laughs> oh my goodness. Does it? Does oh, that yeah. make Lazarus Joey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't, we don't know much about Lazarus other than I was going to say, we need more info. But Jesus I mean, was really sad. We'll just go ahead and plug him in yeah. there. It sounds, sounds good. <laughs> Sorry. That may have been a sacrilegious, you know, conversation there, but my brain just went down that and I thought it was funny. <laughs> so. you're, like, you're like, and my brain is over here in friends land. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll be there yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, Taryn uh, told me she had not seen, uh, my wife Taryn told me she had not seen any of that, never watched the show like fully through. She had seen parts of it, but never watched the show really? fully through. So we've been kind of going back, did going back she, through and watching some of it. Did she grow up in the 90s? I mean, <laughs> yeah, how I, is I that possible? I don't know. She was, she was living some different stuff, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, now, I guess now is the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've I've actually, we've done a lot of nostalgic things lately. Like we've been listening to one of our homeschool things for the week was Egyptians. And so we were, we, we turned walk like an Egyptian on for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and so, you know, when you rabbit hole with one song, it just. It goes, it goes <laughs> further and further. Yeah. Yes, so. Yeah. Anyway, before <laughs> I got us way <laughs> off on a tangent about friends and nineties. Nineties children here. Yeah. Enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so friendship. So what does biblical friendship look like? We've already kind of covered some of that, but I think um, where we were going was um, the ability when we have biblical friendship, it doesn't always look like everybody's happy in, mm-hmm. in this wonderful place all the time. They're, a good friend can, can speak to the things that God is doing in your life. And sometimes that's hard truth. You know, I've had some friends that have come alongside me and had to say, you know, I recognize that you don't see this, or I recognize that you're struggling in this. You know, it's not, it's never anything that God hasn't already been kind of poking at, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, but it's always, it's the nudge that you need. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I was just uh, looking up. I wanted to be able to say it because uh, immediately came to my mind Proverbs 27, 6, which is, says better. Uh, the wounds um, yep. from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, you need somebody who's going to have your back, but not just tell you what you want to hear. Absolutely. You know, I think that's what that that says. Um, and, and that's the, that's the proverb that we also get iron sharpens iron. So yeah. man, one man sharpens another. And so some people are living in isolation and they're not getting sharpened very much. Yeah. Um, and, and those who just have people around them who, you know, make them feel better all the time and won't be like, no, like that's actually like crazy. And like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and just kind of call them uh, on their stuff. Um, and, and so, and I, I think about that like I'm so thankful for my wife and um, yes. why there's such a, a strong friendship there because um, I can always just count on her to call me on my crap, you yes. know, before anybody else, you know, she mm-hmm. she's my best friend, you know, and so 
um, yeah, that, that, that proverb just always come to mind when we're, we're thinking about that. When we're talking about what, what does that really entail? Well, it's going to entail, you know, someone who brings a lot of joy to your life, but, Absolutely. you know, also has the backbone to, you know, not just kind of pet your ego. Yeah. You know, when you need some, uh, something else, yeah. you know, corrected or called out in your life. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's huge. And that only comes from being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If you can't be vulnerable with your friend, then can can you call them a friend? You know, that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you, because you don't feel vulnerable, like you don't feel like you can be vulnerable in those relationships right now. Like if you think about the friends you have now, are you vulnerable with them? Do you feel like you can be vulnerable? And then if you don't feel like you can, what are the issues bl- that are blocking you from being vulnerable? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you probably need to confront in that relationship? Yeah. Because the reality is a lot of people will say, oh, well, I can't be vulnerable with this person, so they shouldn't be my friend. But that's, that's not how friendship works. You, you, can't be, you can't build trust without starting to break down some things. Yeah, I was just talking with some friends literally right before um, we get on here to record this um, on a call just about... Um, about rejection and how mm. when Jesus was teaching his disciples, like brush the dirt off your feet, yes. you know, as you move to the next town, if they don't receive you, you know, and, and I would just say to some people who maybe who have been rejected in previous things, you put yourself out there mm-hmm. and it didn't go particularly well. Um, I would just encourage you to dust that, dust that off and move on, you know, move into the next you know Absolutely. relationship, the next opportunity or, um, yeah, cause, cause those things do, they have carryover and they end up holding us back from really fruitful relationships in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think often about, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty likable, you know, <laughs> like I feel like most people like me, Gosh, but Jordan, people like me, people like me, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I feel like, but there are people who don't like me mm-hmm. and, and as someone who always wants to be liked Mm -hmm. you know that is a struggle for me I want to be liked I I I work really hard sometimes to make people like me and that's I'm not saying that's good or bad I'm just saying it is what it is Uh you know but I can I can see how through through the years God has moved me from a place where my my people rejecting me and my need for acceptance and Mm -hmm. love Um, has shifted because God has shown me that in relationship there are people that God wants to bind us to and then there are people he doesn't want us to be bound to and there are there are times when although this person is a wonderful person we're not meant to be in each other's lives God has not called us to be those people for one another it doesn't mean that we aren't friendly or kind Mm -hmm. or you know but he but the intimacy will not be there Uh. and and it's not necessarily because I have done anything wrong or I am a bad person. It's just that it is not for us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know necessarily why. And I mean, the other person doesn't necessarily know why. It just never clicks. It never happens. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay to not be liked by everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I was just thinking about, um, you know, the, the two kind of verbal affirmations we get from the Father to Jesus at um at his baptism and at the mount of Tra- transfiguration mm-hmm. you know this is my son whom i love and him i'm well pleased and and just the three things that have kind of been popularly used of affirmation um uh, ex- excuse me acceptance affirmation and um and affection yeah you know those three things that we all need 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of like being a good friend is, yes. you know, we, we see that. I think you can take that same thing that the father gives the son into really all of our relationships and yes. our marriage relationship into our, uh, our parenting relationships into um, our leadership Yes. Um, relationships, people you lead in your business or, or in ministry. Um, we could take that to all those, you know, yes. so accepting the person where they're at, you know, aff- affirming that relationship and your love. And, and that's something um, I, I feel like I, I didn't really understand biblical Christian friendship until I got to college and really had a brotherhood of friends that we really broke, broke through. And, and I, I always, I, I, you've probably heard me say this over the years that there was just a time sitting on a truck bed, you know, mm-hmm. we just all got out there and, and, and we just kind of became more vulnerable than what any of us had ever been in our entire life just to one another. And it was just like a bonding, a deep bonding moment. And uh, with this group of friends, I, I really, I learned to say and do things that I had not said and done before, you know, um, up until that point, which is tell my friends I love them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and hug them and really mean it. Yes. You know what I mean? Not just a bro handshake, but like hug them and tell them I love them. And like, that was stuff I had to learn. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I think may, maybe a lot of us haven't learned those things that, that matter. It's acceptance and yes. vulnerability and, and, and affirmation and, and affection too. Like saying, I love you. That means, yep. that means something. Like we like to hear that as human beings. And yes. I think those things are part of um, being a good friend that we learn from the father. Absolutely. I think, for women, it's so much easier to be able to do those things because it is more nat- it is more natural for us to yeah. be affectionate, to say I love you. It's more culturally acceptable for us to be affectionate and say I love you. For men, it's a little harder mm-hmm. because natural in, in our culture today, it's, it's yeah. weird to hear a guy be like, I love you, man, you know? But I mean, and I will give props to my husband all day long because he is he is 100% that person. Yeah. Like he, he will say that all day long. If you are close to him, mm-hmm. he will let you know. Yeah. He, he will let you know in some way that you are important to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always thinking like that because he, he cares, you yeah. know? And, and I think that's, that's really important to him. So it, it's, it's important for him to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We definitely, we definitely see that, that played out. Uh, what we give, usually yeah. what we're hoping to receive exactly in our friendships so. well and so that brings me to uh something that i wanted to kind of touch on and that's intentionality uh-huh. in our relationships in friendships i think sometimes we feel like relationships need to be organic they need to f- happen naturally and yeah you know, ideally it, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and if if it's meant to be it's going to it it's going to happen i mean i just talked about how some relationships just aren't meant to happen mm-hmm but when I say that, I don't mean that I didn't put in effort or get, gave it some sort of effort and try. Mm-hmm. It means that I tried and God closed a door, yeah. you know? And, and I think I've had to realize there's seasonality to a lot yes. of our relationships too. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean they end, but they take a different shape, you know, in yeah. different seasons and seasons in which you could really be a confidant. And in another season, you know, it's someone else. Yeah. I'm like, that's okay. Exactly. Like it's all it's all good. We just have we're still friends and you know, yes. and, and we just have a different um role in each other's lives and, and I, that's part I of think life. about friend like friendships I've had through the years. And I have I am a person that if if we have been friends at any point in this life, you could pick up the phone and call me and it would be like nothing has changed. And and we could crash on your couch that night. Yes, absolutely. Like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, right. 
I already see where you're going with this. Like when we're in Ireland, you're going to be like, hey, we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then maybe that. Because I heard something about a castle or something. I don't know. No, oh, yeah. yeah. The, you could stay at the castle. Yeah. You'd have more space probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like um, I just think about all of these friendships. And, you know, if we are truly believers, like New Testament believers who believe in the word of God, then just because we are not everyday confidants, just because every day we're not having a conversation, it doesn't change my affection towards you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change my attachment to you. It just changes the role I play in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, intentionality and I've gotten kind of stupid about like stupid in like a crazy intense kind of way of intentionality in that, you know, it's it's probably no secret to most that, you know, Sundays are really intense days for pastors mm-hmm. um, at every level, f- physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, just all, all the above. They're very yeah. intense days. And so uh, in the, the pastoral circle, there's re- like there's just a hangover on Monday. And, yes. you know, a lot <laughs> of experienced pastors will tell you don't make decisions on Monday, just don't like it. You're mm-hmm. just mentally and emotionally and spiritually exhausted. That's the recovery day. Yeah. And, and it's a recovery day. And I have found like one thing I've gotten super intentional about is on Mondays, I call as many friends as I can. Like I just, That's I, good idea. I clear 30 minutes to an hour in my day and, and I'll call two or three or four friends, you know, whoever I can get a hold of at the moment, you know what I mean? They don't know I'm yeah. calling. We haven't scheduled time to hang out and talk, but um, but I'll just call a, call a few of them. Um, one, cause I really need it. And yep. two, I'm sure they do too. And, and not just pastoral friends, you know, friends right. that do all kinds of, you know, things for work. Um, but man, has that been a gift to me, man? Do I see my just spirits lift, you well, know, on a Monday, just talking to friends. Cause we don't talk about anything. We just, we laugh and, yeah, you know, about, about stupid, stupid things. things. Yeah. You, and got, the you have to about, talk about stupid things. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't be the friend that only talks about super intense things all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think a lot of times it's, you know, sometimes we think it's, we need to call somebody to fix all our problems. Sometimes we just need to call somebody to make us laugh and, yes. you know, we're going to sort it out and stuff and maybe we'll get to, Hey, what do you think about this? But you know, just lifting our spirits. I think that's what a good friend does. They just, they're well, there to I'm rely on. I'm a verbal processor, uh-huh. so I'm I'm somebody some, talk it out. I have to have somebody that I can go to and just be like, "This is what is happening in my mind, and I need to get it out, and I need it to bounce back at me so that I can hear it." Yeah, you know, yeah. and so that I can process through it. It's not that, and the best friends in my life, the people who are most who are closest to me, know that about me. And so my first process is I, when I have an issue, it's like, I take it to the Lord and the the Lord and I have conversations about it, you know? And then I go to, to one or two close friends and I say, this is what's happening. And the responses that they have are never solutions. They're more questions. Yeah. And they, they ask the question, even if they have the solution in their mind, they already know that I have to find that out for myself because <laughs> that's the way I am, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's the way my mind works. Yeah. But if I can get myself through that thought process and they can help me, you know, process it out, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm better off for it yeah. because God has done a work through that. For sure. I'm, I'm such a solution answer giver that I've had to learn that over the years to just be the one that will ask good questions. I, I didn't naturally do that because personality wise, I'm still very wired for, (laughs) 
Yeah, you just want to like, fix it. You I'm, ask a question, like I'll give you an answer. Even as a husband, I've had to do it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I've learned it there probably first more than anything. But Well, uh, and that, I think that's the cool thing with our kids and homeschooling and all of this stuff. It's, it is, It has caused me to be a question asker because mm-hmm. something that, I mean, our second born is is my child. She is very stubborn <laughs> and she wants to know something, but she wants to know it for herself. She mm-hmm. doesn't want she doesn't want someone to tell her. Yeah. She wants to figure it out. She is she is a discovery person. She is yeah. an adventurer. She at heart she wants to know things and she wants to have known them for herself. And so when that caused a lot of friction in our relationship for a while because I would say, no, if you do it this way, it'll be easier. It'll be faster, blah, 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 blah. You know? Uh And she's like, I don't care. I want to do it this way. So God is good. And in his goodness, God's like, how do I speak to you? And God always speaks to me in questions. You know, he's like, well, how, why do you think that would work? You know, like we have these dialogues often about, why would that work? Okay, well, that wouldn't work because of this. Or, you know, why do you think that? Why are you thinking that? And he, he draws it out of me because he's good, uh-huh. you know, because he's good like that. He knows me and he knows my heart toward, is inclined to him. But at the same time, he knows that I have to struggle for a minute mm-hmm. because I need the struggle. Mm. And so God, had, God spoke so clearly to me. He's like, your child needs you to give her questions. She doesn't need the answer. Mm. She'll get the answer. Yeah. I Just created like you her. need it. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I created her with a mind to think. Yeah. And if you keep giving her the answers, she's just going to be dependent on you. Yeah. Where when I ask good questions, she is then able to process for herself. And then she's learning how to function. Her mind is learning how to process things. And that's what, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. That's what a good friend would, it does. They, mm-hmm. they help us grow and learn and expand our minds yeah yeah for sure yeah that's good stuff yeah so (laughs) um so we're gonna shift for just a second we don't have a ton of time for this but um you talked about the three different um relationships there the friendship yeah the the three different vantage points yeah the three different vantage points sorry (laughs) yeah yeah so the three different vantage points we looked at on on sunday were the friends and that of the paralytic as well and then Mm -hmm. that of uh, the religious teachers or or the skeptics yes so let's you you didn't get to go into it on sunday so let's dig a little into the skeptic and what the skeptic looks like and time's an issue i i want to preach for like an hour and i i probably have (laughs) notes for like two hours every sunday yeah um (laughs) but I have to squeeze it into 30 minutes. And so it's either I'm got way too much content and, and just flying, um, which I feel like sometimes, but yeah, these, th- these skeptics, I mean, there's a, there's a deep thing there um, that Jesus meets them. Just for those of you that didn't get to hear the message, it's, you know, the story of the paralytic being lowered it down on the mat and they're all crowded around Jesus in this home, which is whatever home Jesus is staying in at the time possibly Peter's or, or someone else that he's close with and he's, he's staying there and they're all crowded in there. And then there's a bunch of, you know, it's just a, a hodgepodge of people who are interested in the work of, in teachings of Jesus. Uh, they've heard about the miracles. Um, they, they've, they've seen him, um, you know, preach and teach and, and they're just crowded around. And, and then there's some skeptics, skeptics in the room that are mostly Pharisees, teachers of the law, scribes in the law, and uh, they're the ones that um, kind of in the middle of Jesus, like 
um, getting ready to, to heal this man and healing this man um, that are just questioning and they're like, you know, what do you, what do you think you're doing? Um, n- nobody can, why does he talk like this? He's blaspheming mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they're questioning his authority to do this. And that's ultimately, I think what's going on with the skeptic is the questioning his authority and, and Jesus, you know, meets them in that. Yeah. So did you have something specific you want to chat around that on? Well, when you're talking, I didn't, but now I do because <laughs> that's yeah. how my brain works, yeah. <laughs> um, is you're talking about uh, questioning. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about how questions are good. Yeah, yeah. And, and we see in the Bible where God gives space for questioning. Uh-huh. So what moves us from yeah. good questioning yep. to to being skeptical yeah. and then being in disobedience. Yeah. Cause Jesus responds to their questions <laughs> with questions yeah, exactly. <laughs> as he often does, <laughs> as he often does, particularly with Jesus was a classical educator, <laughs> um, particularly with um, religious intellectuals and the skeptics and religious intellectuals um, often have the same thing in common, mm-hmm. um, which is, um, they have trouble. They're the largest skeptics of genuine moves of God um, because they lack faith. Yeah. They just want things they can touch and that they have control of because deeply rooted in them where, where that, where that line is, is where pride enters the picture mm-hmm. and there's not a genuineness to know. There's not a genuine. So this week, I'm ending our series in a different, a very different place. Um, I'm kind of spinning the whole thing on its head. Nice. Um, because there's a, there's somebody else who comes. I'm actually using two different um, <laughs> um, passages that are kind of back to back, and one is a Pharisee skeptic mm-hmm. in this variety that we're talking about, and another is the rich young ruler who comes and asks a question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, you know, there's some different thoughts on this text, but I think he was genuinely asking. But yeah. I think in a lot of ways he thought he was, he thought he was okay. I think with the Pharisees, the issue was pride. I think with the rich young ruler, it was some other stuff that was probably deeply rooted in pride, but it was yeah. coming out in idolatry of his possessions, yeah, which Jesus deals with. But it starts with a question that's pretty pretty humble considering that he's rich, he's young, he's a ruler in the synagogue, and he's like, what What do I got to do? I want to yeah. do it. And he, so he's close. He's close, and Jesus is going to dig into that. But that line is always about, it's always pride. I mean, mm-hmm. in asking the question, are we asking to you know, catch Jesus or catch our friend, or are we genuinely asking to know um, with with a humility to to yeah. know, so I I think that's when we have an earnest heart before the Lord and, and want to know and like God, will you just reveal it to me? Some of those things He's going to reveal, other times He's not. Um, but I think when we're just uh, humble in it, then He He's not going to, um, you know, give us an old spiritual slap, right? <laughs> like He does oftentimes, um, well, in I, this text, because <laughs> yeah. where He says, you know, which is easier? Okay, cool, I'll do both. Right. Like you got an issue, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to forgive sins and I'm going to make them walk. How about that? <laughs> I think of the verse, um, and I'm, 
I'm I don't know the reference because I suck yeah, at that. But you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> but it's um you know ask and it will be given to mm-hmm. you. You know, and I don't think that it was just yes. talking about Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Sir, yeah. There we go. Yeah. See yeah. reference. Yeah. There you go. Um. But I don't think he's just talking about stuff, you know, understanding, wisdom, the God is, I think about Moses, one of the times that God really used questioning through scripture to bring, to show me my, that I needed to ask questions, Uh not because I need to like question God on everything he does, but because in order for me to understand, I've got to ask questions. I've got to understand and he, what he reveals to me is what he's going, what he wants me to understand. Yeah. And I think that when we look at Moses, as he questions why God is even calling him to this, we is see insecurity. Yeah. We see God speak to the insecurity. We see God fortify him. In Who truth. gave you that mouth, bro? Exactly. <laughs> like he's like he's like I I I put this in you. Yeah. I am doing this through you. Yeah. You know. And he he builds Moses's faith. It's such a good interaction. Exodus chapter it, four is amazing. Is. I, I love teaching that passage. It's, it's so good. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. God, I mean, it is the reason why I so frequently ask God questions, <laughs> you know, like yeah. why will God will say something and I'll be like, are you sure? <laughs> and God's like, well, I said it, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but he's so good to just, to, to answer the question. Mm-hmm. He, he reveals truth to us yeah. and questioning isn't wrong. It's yeah. the, it's the heart behind the question. Yeah. It's and, the motive. And then when he answers, what are you going to do with it? Yes. If it's not what you want to hear, mm-hmm. are you going to spit it back out? Or are you actually going to do it? Right. You know, he, he, he who has ears, let him hear. And then, you know, blessed is he who does it. <laughs> right. You know, is what the scripture says. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I can think of times when I was definitely the skeptic. Like I'm, I'm only asking because I want to hear the right answer because I want to hear the answer I want, Yeah. you know, when, and, and God is good. You know, he knocks you off of that pedestal if you'll allow it. Yeah. I mean, he'll knock you off either way, but, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) but you can either be humbled or humiliated, whichever way you want to take it. (laughs) I'll choose, I'll choose humility any day. Like, (laughs) well, and humbleness, not not self not the inflicted humility humiliation yeah for sure <laughs> but you know i think the lord wants to do a lot in that in all of us mm-hmm. like he he doesn't expect you to be inactive in your relationship with him yeah and i think that's what brings us to skepticism is we like you said it is a lack of faith mm-hmm. it is we want to see every piece of the puzzle played out the reason why we have the greatest command is because of the skeptics trying to trip jesus up in their pride yep you know, like Jesus is like, you can't, you can't trip me up. Yeah. And so the question, the question I guess really is, is, you know, what is my motive behind my questions? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So then it, it's just a, a heart check, a heart yeah. check to say, you know, God create a, a, a clean heart, a pure heart in me. And, you know, just make sure I have right intentions before the Lord and before others too, when I'm asking mm. questions and not just skeptic for skeptic's sake. Well, and the way I grew up, not to say that the church necessarily said this or that's what they meant by what how they were teaching, but it really felt like you weren't allowed to ask questions. Yeah, you because we said so. Yeah. Right. You don't question God. You don't question authority. Mm. That's an old school mentality just overall, like parenting and all, yes. all the things. And, and, 
and I think there's a certain you know fear of God in which we ought to have. I'll do it, Lord, because you said so. Because you are my ultimate authority. Yes. You know, and with my kids, that there is there is an aspect of that where they need to know. Yes. Uh, I'm not. Mm-hmm. This isn't a question asking opportunity. This is you are to do it because I I told you to. This is the situation like that, because then it comes down to crisis, you know, situations. Yes. And if the, if they, we don't have that responsiveness to, don't walk out in that road right now. Yes. You know, if it's questioning, well, sometimes it, it it is a life or death situation. Something like that happened actually, in um in Taryn's brother, and sister in law with their son and. God literally spared him. It was an absolute miracle. He was not hit by a car. Oh my goodness! Because he was he challenged at a point in which he should have just obeyed. Right. Um. And so that there's an element of that we've got to really wrestle down in our own spirits and, well, going and back as parents. Going too. back to Exodus four, we see Moses is given space to ask questions, mm-hmm. but then it comes to a point where God's like, "Okay, your questions are no longer. Yeah. The the motive behind your questions have shifted. Yeah, and now you are done. Yeah. You're not asking yeah. any more questions. You either are obedient or you're not. Yeah. And, and some and some just keep staying in this question thing so that they'll never have to act, like act and never do yeah. anything. And, I've and been that's, there. that's, that's, <laughs> that's a form of disobedience. Absolutely. To, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about something. So I typically explain things to my kids when they ask me a question, I don't mind giving them like the reasoning behind why we're doing most things, you know? They, they are question askers. Uh, we've created that, you know, <laughs> they're naturally that way, but it can be stifled if you allow it. And we've given them space to ask questions. And so we try to explain as much as we can. Yeah. But over, over the years, there have been certain questions that I could not answer for them. Not because I can't answer it, but because of the answer that comes. So uh, we have all girls. We have five girls. And modesty is very important to me. But the reason we are modest in our dress and the way we, you know, handle our body and that sort of thing is not something that I want to explain to a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old or, you know, like that or a six-year-old. It's just not. And something that I tell my kids often is we build trust equity. Mm. You know, we build, we build a, a, a a stockade of like a backlog of trust, if Mm. that makes sense. I have... I have given you solutions. I have helped you walk through through these things. And there are just some questions that I cannot answer right now. And I need you to trust that what I am asking you to do is good for you. Mm -hmm. And because we have explained and because we have walked through these questions with them and we have allowed them to question and we have allowed them to, you know, fail on the things that aren't big. And we've, you know, we've done all this. And they've seen that the reason we do things is because we care for them and we, we love them. They are more apt to be obedient mm-hmm. because, and trust in the times when I say, I can't answer that right now. Mm-hmm. They, they recognize that, okay, she's probably not telling. And sometimes it, it's still received not, it's still received poorly. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes they're like, but I really want to. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but now you're just going to have faith that I, I, love you too much to allow you to do something mm-hmm. or, you know, to yeah. whatever it yeah. is, yeah, you know, because sure. the conversation is just too much for them at this mm. point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be because I said so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are moments when, because I said so, and that's the same with God. Yeah. There are moments when God says, 
you need to do this because I said so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I have your best at heart and yeah. I can't explain it to you right now. Yeah. And, and the more the more you develop trust in God, mm-hmm. the more that's all he has to say. Right. Because I fully trust him. I don't have to be in some long debate with God because I know he has my best interest. We have a long relationship yes. now to know that if he tells me to do something, even if it doesn't make sense to me or it doesn't make sense in the moment, I'm going to obey Yes. You know, nine times out of 10, (laughs) you know, I have my stupid moments too, or my fearful moments or my insecure moments or whatever. Um, but, but because I I know, I know he's got my best interest and I, because I trust him at the end of the day. And so I think you can actually watch and gauge your own spiritual growth in that. And I think that's a very important conversation for people is to, can you gauge your own spiritual growth by Mm -hmm. how, how m- much more willing in you are to be obedient to God on things that don't make sense to you and, and how long the debate has to be with God, mm-hmm. you know, how long things sit on the table before you actually pick them up and be like, okay. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like that's when you can see some spiritual growth in, in, in your life. Well, and I think about Abraham and how God talks about Abraham. He says, you know, your, your faith is credited to you as righteousness. Mm -hmm. And what does that righteousness do? That righteousness brings us to deeper intimacy with God. It brings us into quicker obedience, a willingness to be obedient. It shifts our heart. Mm -hmm. And so as we, as we put our faith in God and especially in the times when we don't understand, Mm -hmm. he's, he gives that back to us. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not just a momentary thing. It is a, it is a longevity thing. It, yeah. it is the thing that makes it easier each time because God is just giving that faith right back to us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's good stuff. Well, that has been an awesome conversation. I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed it. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> probably one of the longer ones. Um, but so, so needed, I think, for us today and as believers and just as people trying to understand how to how to navigate life and how to um, build relationship with people and why it's important. Yeah, so important. Hopefully this conversation has helped you grow in, in your faith. Um, so put it into action this week. Yeah. Uh, reach out, be intentional with somebody, put yourself out there, be known, and uh, really seek to know somebody else too. Yeah. We love you guys. We'll I hope you have an awesome time. week. Bye.